T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. I know it sounds basically like Chuck Berry, but I don't think it is Chuck Berry, and it's it's a Christmas song more important than that. This is the Chesterfield Kings with Hey Santa Claus. Hey Santa Claus is what I'm looking for. I don't think they're from West County, by the way. I, I'm not oh, sure. Abby, was, you pulled this music, didn't you? I don't remember. Was this one I sent you, or did I have this uh, in my folder? This was in the folder. All right. Christmas Day. I like it. At some point, I found it and decided that it was... It sounds uh, a little Rolling Stones It does. A bit. It a says, bit. though, the Chesterfield Kings. So I don't know if it's... Um... I like it. We have uh, coming up here in just a little bit at 420 after Sue's News, Shay Bradley Farrell, who's the president of the CounterPoint Institute for Policy Research and Education, worked alongside Secretary of State Mike Pompeo quite a bit during the Trump administration, wrote a book called Warning to the West, Hungary's triumph over communism and the woke agenda. She has some pretty strong thoughts on the U.S. funding for Ukraine. Shea will join us at 425. Frank Cusimano to wrap up some sports. The Blues, uh, they won again over the weekend, didn't they, Fred? Didn't they yeah, win they overtime? did in overtime. Oh, look at that. They're 2-0 yeah. two, two with the new coach, the interim right. coach. Um, the Cardinals pretty quiet now since the winter meetings. Mizzou's getting ready for the Cotton Bowl and the NFL season taking further shape with some games yesterday. And, of course, we got a game tonight as well on Monday Night Football, and Frank will weigh in on that. Jennings for the last time this year. Scott Jennings from, um, well, he's from Louisville, but he's on CNN keeping their heads straight every once in a while. He's our 97.1 FM Talk political insider. So a lot still to come here this afternoon. So on Friday, and let me let me kind of qualify this as, again, uh, to preface it, this is going to be another example, another in a long line of examples of me doing really stupid things that I'm not ashamed of exposing on the radio because this has become my life. But this one's even dumber just because if you go back to Friday afternoon, it wasn't even cold. It was relatively warm. In fact, when I looked at the thermometer, when I got to the car, it was like 55 degrees. Now, that is important because... I've had this running joke with um, with the producers. Abby knows this, and this all started with Dave Klein, where I can sit here in the studio, <laughs> mm-hmm. and when it gets cold in the winter, mm-hmm. I start my car at about 5.50. I get buy, off the air. Buy an app. A lot of new cars, right. newer cars can do this. So I pull up the app, and it says, like, I'm going to run through it right now. It says accept because, you know, they make you go through. Then the face ID comes in. It says hold to start climate. So I usually hold this, and it it. You know, provide, it doesn't heat my um, my seat heaters up, which kind of annoys me, but it makes the car nice and comfortable. That's rough. First world problems. <laughs> I know. I know, Fred. Thank you for taking empathy uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, toward that particular issue that my ass is not hot. But that's something I've dealt with and I've decided to move forward and push forward with my life. <laughs> so I've, I've gotten into the habit here certainly in the last month because it's cold. Now, Friday, again, not a good example. It wasn't even – it didn't even qualify. It wasn't cold enough. It wasn't in the 40s. But I sat here and you could – you know, if you really wanted to do something, and I'm sure there might be like one person out there that's going to say, I'm going to do this and see if he's right. If you go to about 5.50 on Friday afternoon, you look at the Twitter feed in the video, right? <laughs> you can see me with my phone looking at this. So I was trying to start it. And there's a button here, so you'll see mm-hmm. it looks like a fan, right? Yeah. If I press that and I hold it, it'll start the climate. And, it'll, and then it'll start spinning. Well, it wasn't doing that on Friday. That's and I was annoying. In, well, Isn't was that really, annoying? So I kept, oh, yeah. But the first thing that I realized, and this, this is where I got hung up, I'm like, you know what? I bet the door is not locked. So watch what happens here. Watch, watch. Be careful because it's going to happen fast. See that? Oh, uh-huh. I, I saw I, it. Then I, I shifted to the next screen. And what does it say? It says door lock, locked. Well, right now it's locked. But on Friday afternoon, Sue, it said unlocked. Oh, no. So I thought, you know, that the car won't start. It says unlocked, right? Well, what if I just drag this and then I lock the car and yeah, then I try to start it? So I tried to do that like three or four times. I kept trying to lock the car and it didn't seem to be working and I gave up. I'm like, okay, right. this is this is just stupid. But it was one of those things, and you know, maybe you can relate or maybe you can't just because I have obsessive compulsive, that I got I just got annoyed that I couldn't execute the actual um, you know, I could initiate I, the, I get the car. This, yeah. So I leave the office, I go out there at this point, Sue, I believe I see you. You yes. drive by me. Remember? I, drove I think I waved by, to you. Did and I, I look waved confused? to you. You were standing outside your yes, car. Yes, I was not in my car, was you I? You were not. And I thought, <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yes. Maybe he doesn't want to talk on speakerphone in the car, or maybe, you know, not that there's yeah. anybody in there, but I figured, well, there's got to be some explanation. Well, there was, Sue. And what, what had happened was is when I when I went up to the car on Friday evening thinking that it was not started, it in fact was uh, it was started. Uh, this is not oh, actual, no. this is not actual audio. These are sound effects just in case. Yeah, we could get sued probably if someone would say, hey, Mark, that's not really your car. What are you trying to do here? But it was and then I went to reach the door. Right. It was locked. And then I looked at my app and it said that it was locked. So whatever happened, it was not giving me the accurate signal on the app. And it had, in fact, started the car. Now, what I was worried about is opening the car and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, you know, all things go crazy. So I did not know what to do. There is. Wait a minute. I have a question. Yes, question. please. I will field all questions is, and I will answer thank them. Thank you. I appreciate that. Isn't normally when you uh, uh, when you remote start mm-hmm. a vehicle, yes. I have done this. Yes. It has to be locked to do so. Yes. Yes. So yes. why would that be any difference? If it's already running and mm-hmm. it's locked, why would it be a problem to well, just unlock so it while you're there? Well, you've come to the crux of the issue here. I'm so glad we have an astute audience, uh, at least in the studio, asking these questions. The final piece of the puzzle is this. When I came into the building on Friday, I was in a hurry. Fred, I think we maybe had a recording or something like that. Right. And I could not locate my actual key fob oh. in the car. Oh. So I thought, oh, I'll come back and get it or no big deal because I'll leave it in there. So when I was walking to the car on Friday evening thinking that it was not started, that's when I remembered, oh, that's right. I forgot my key in the car. That's why it wouldn't start and that's why it wouldn't lock. Here's where I made an error. In fact, it would lock. And then it started it. And it would not unlock it because he thought I was in the car, essentially. He thought I was in the car. So I I, I didn't know what to do. I called um, called the, The I don't even want to say the manufacturer name because then I'm going to get accused of elitism. I called the manufacturer and they had, like, they would have come and unlocked the car free of charge and they were sending someone. But in, in the back of my tiny, tiny, tiny little mind, even tinier than I thought it was maybe even Friday afternoon at 4.59 or 4.49, I thought, I bet if this thing times out, and 
How long would that be, you think, oh. when you start the car? What would it time out at? I would say my, uh, 10 minutes. See, I would this think is, 10. It, uh, yeah. Me too. You'd be wrong. Half an hour is what, what? It, it If I start this car right now, it'll go for a half an hour, okay? And I had to wait <laughs> for a half an hour. So I started it, I'm oh, guessing it was about 547 gosh. because at about 6, you know, 17, am I doing the math correctly on that? The car stopped, and then I shifted this thing to unlock. And then it worked. Got the vehicle. I called the manufacturer said, hey, cancel that order. I'm an idiot. And I got home a half hour late. Uh, and uh, that was uh, tragedy. Well, you had to stay at work that yeah. late. <laughs> On a warm night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what this is? You know, this is a you guys make me feel exactly the way I feel at home. There's no empathy for anything. I'm trying to be very honest about the situation. Sure, sure. And I put all the blame okay, on me. But I do feel extra dumb because it was 55 flipping degrees. There was no reason to even warm up the car on Friday. No, there really wasn't. Further questions? One more question? Yeah. One, one more question, Sue, and then we'll have to go on to Susan. Right, I'm fine. sorry. I'm sorry, reporters. So even then, you can't... Can't just do the touch lock on the door. In other I tried. words, you okay. yeah, I tried. Right, I tried. Yeah. Sorry about that. I learned something on Friday night. Actually, I learned a bunch of different things, and I learned how dumb I am once again, ladies and gentlemen. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News, sponsored by Mr. Appliance, speedy expert service. Call 636-674-6446. It is National Bake Cookies Day. Ooh. Isn't that nice? I don't know. Yeah. Jump yeah. on it. There yeah. we go. Uh, it's just before Christmas, and they just have made it that. And there, were, you know, it's always five or six national days, and there was something about roasting a pig and something else. And I thought, we'll just go with cookies. So, Fred, <laughs> you can go home and bake cookies. You got a house full. How many people are in your house right uh, now? Let's see. We've got my son Shane and his two roommates, uh-huh. and uh, one of their dogs. What kind of dog? I've asked you it's, this. Uh, but... Yeah, um, it's beautiful. It's really big, though. What? It can just pick food right <laughs> off the table if it well, wants to. Is it to. a Great Dane? Uh, not quite that tall. Okay. But a friend of mine had a Great huge. Dane, and she said they would uh, try to leave out. If you left out a chicken to defrost, it would be gone. He could just, <laughs> just snap it right off the counter. Let me see if I get this straight, though. Uh, the, your son, no, I'm going through the process here. Yeah, okay. Sure, might happen sure. in my house. Hey, Dad, I'm going to bring my roommate uh, home as well. Oh, that, that's, that's awesome. Nice. I can't wait. What's his what's roommate's name? Uh, well, the two sh- of Shane, them. the Shane. two roommates. Yeah, well, well, Shane's my son. Yeah, but what's the roommate's name? And the roommates are Cliff and Manish. Oh, both the same. Cliff and Manish? Yeah. Okay, so Shane's, Shane's calling. Shane's calling you. That's the the phone's ringing. Name. Fred, you answer. Oh, hello. Hey, Dad, Shane. Hey, Shane, how are you? I'm going to bring my roommates home for Christmas. Is that okay? That's great. We love him all we're, more than Mary. We're also going to bring a 130-pound dog <laughs> home for Christmas. Is that okay? So you said yes that's, to that? That's of course. That's great. I'll, I'll hold my 20-pound dog for the weekend. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. Fred, that's – wait, so is the dog – what's the dog's name? Uh, Camille is their dog, and Luna is my dog. So is Camille riding in the car with one of them to drive to, the, to their destination, or are they staying oh, yeah, with no, you? They, they, no, they're all – you know, with us. Okay. Oh, okay. That's good times. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, There's also a story times. involving an EV that is fascinating, but we yeah. don't have time for no. that one today. But we're going to get to that tomorrow yeah. because they drove here from Atlanta in an EV and it took them three hours longer, right? Yeah. Right, because yeah. of all the stops. Right. Yesterday, by the way, was Wright Brothers Day. And uh, this is my opportunity to tell you for the 8,000th time that you must read David McCullough's The Wright Brothers. It was, it's just so good. It's a good Christmas gift. I get nothing for that, but it's fabulous. It was on the bestseller list for weeks in 2015. On this day in history, in 
Well, no, that's not right. But on this day in history in 2009, I somehow typed the wrong year in front of it. But here's the right one. James Cameron's avatar, uh, Sigourney Weaver, Sam Worthington, released in the U.S., became the highest grossing film of all time. Did you see Avatar, Mark? Was it good? I never saw it. The, the new one or the... No, the old one. The original yeah, the one original is still... The original one was okay. Yeah, it was all right. I you went saw with, it, Fred, didn't Oh, yeah, you? I went with my kids on a Christmas vacation. Oh, that's it was great. nice. Did you see it, Abby? I did, and I saw it in 3D, so I had Whoa. to wear those glasses, but I wear glasses, so I was wearing two pairs, Whoa. and that gave me a headache, so I didn't <laughs> enjoy the experience. <laughs> Sounds like it wasn't the film's fault. No. Uh, it, yeah, but it became the highest grossing film of all time. It still holds that title. All right, in a poll... 70% of people admit to shopping for themselves during the holiday season. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, 100%. You just pick up a little bit of something for yourself. Just Thank you. That's something. rational thinking, Fred. I, I pick up stuff and I, you know, give it to my sisters to give to me. <laughs> so that's how that works. I love that. My brother called and said, uh, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, do you want to send me the link or should I go rogue? <laughs> and I said, uh, look, you could get creative. And then five minutes later, I sent him a text and said, don't get creative. Can you give me blah, blah? And then I, I, got, I asked for a, a membership to Missouri Botanical Garden. Well, so he good. got me that. So we had a little Christmas adventure over the weekend. Um, Hannah Gibbs, who has helped out, you know, used to be on Annie's show. She's on Y98 now. Hannah has become a very good friend and a very dear friend of my daughter, Alexa. And, you know, Hannah, essentially, she's in the Rockwood, Stanton area. She yeah. went to, I think she went to Stanton, where Alexa goes to school. They got to know each other very, very well. But Hannah's now a big radio diva. <laughs> we know what happens to them. Oh, but- so, she's, <laughs> so she hooked me up with a, a friend of hers, Lauren, to help out with some of the stuff well, that Hannah yeah. can't help out with. So on Saturday afternoon, and Alexa, I've told you, she's got this little green light card which is kind of like a debit card, allowance card. And I said, we need to buy some Christmas presents for Auntie Kit, my wife's aunt, and then Hannah. We wanted to get well, Hannah something. Nice. So I, I told Lauren, I said, here's the, uh, you know, here's the budget. And uh, they get home, and guess who's also got a couple of dif- different gifts in, uh, in that bag? Uh, Alexa Reardon. That's yeah. right. She decided that's to, right. she, to, along yes, those lines, uh-huh. Abby, yeah. she decided to treat herself. Just a little you know, And one of the, it was the, Kids, they buy dumb things, right? So she goes to this five below store, which, you know, even at five below, everything's still like 50 below. That everything's over truth. $5 now. It used to be the dollar store. It's not anymore. She gets this little remote control. It's like it's that egg looking thing, and there's a show based on it. I was unaware. What? Something that looks like an egg no that's idea. on Netflix. She was explaining this to me. Huh. Anyway, that's going to cost last. five bucks. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. did, I put all uh-huh. the batteries in, uh-huh. it didn't work. Uh-huh. And I said, we're taking it back. It's got to be, uh-huh. you know, Go figure, it's $5 and it's defective. Uh-huh. So we went back, got another stupid egg thing, and that one, <laughs> thankfully, works. Well, that was educational. <laughs> Others found uh, the pass on gift-giving this year altogether. Some say, nope, we're not going to do it. A recent Wallet Hub study found that more than a third of Americans were planning to forego gifts this year due to inflation. Um, uh, there, I've heard from men uh, in past years on radio shows who say they find that to be a trap. Uh, if your if your wife or sister or someone says, "Oh no, don't get me anything," that means you're supposed to get something. Well, duh. But uh, it team seems to me if you would just say what you mean, we'd all be better off. But I get that. Yeah. Well, it's to say like if you're hosting a birthday party, like, "Oh no, gifts." Well, of course you want gifts. Come on, no, bring me expensive no, they, gifts, bottles of wine, things like that. No, no those they're, are they're never serious. Yes, Everybody they wants gifts. They're just not honest. No I'm honest. On the I do the opposite. I say, "Bring gifts. Ugh. Don't don't please no gifts under a hundred dollars." It's better to be honest. Yeah, it is. Okay, but they you mean know, it. Don't when bring we us got gifts. Mar- when we got married, we asked for no gifts. See, were you serious? 
most of the yeah because we were yes, you know you were older 40 or yeah. 35 we had everything we needed right but everybody pretty much did that yeah that's interesting they're all with the mark weird and the brains so the mindset. there's something another thing that just kind of comes right so you didn't get married until you were 40 uh 35 oh wow okay that's not that old fred in today's well, world no in today's world it's not but no. in in fred's world and his uh, <laughs> fred's world is fred's not today's world, world. Well, he so, has a cute invitation, though. I like the invitation because Fred, of course, has everything, and I've oh, seen it. Right. It was really cute and well-worded. Uh, here are uh, other stats Thank from you. the uh, – you're welcome. 35% of people say coming up with gift ideas is the most stressful part of the holiday season. Yes? It is for me. I'm horrible at gift giving. So That seems odd to me. I would think you'd be good. I, I it, it either really is a great gift or it's a horrible gift. Oh, and you go, no oh, in thanks, between. Yeah. And nothing in between. So I say, give me what you want oh. or I'm going to wing it. And it's 50-50. Look, there's no uh-huh. doubt the most stressful thing in any holiday season is what I'm experiencing right now. And that is being left at your feet when your wife is out of town for a few days. Elf on the shelf. And that magic. <laughs> that is the most I, stressful thing. You have thing. no idea. But I did pretty, I mean... Let me rephrase that. Elfie did pretty well over the weekend coming up um, with hiding spots. I have some ideas for that. Please share. Yes, uh, <laughs> for for you. And fi- oh wait, I, gotta, I was going to say it finally in Sue's news, but I have to mention Sue's news brought to you by Mister Appliance, speedy expert service. Call six three six six seven four six four four six. And finally, uh, we have today's random fact. Mm, these aren't particularly uplifting. Sorry about that. Oh, we'll go with this. An inventor in Illinois and an inventor in Washington State simultaneously invented the garage door opener in 1931. Wait, and what? Neither, and neither of them knew about the other. Now, I said Washington State, but it might be D.C. It just says Washington. Yeah, an inventor in Illinois and one in Washington. Both invented the garage door opener in 1931, and neither of them knew about the other. <laughs> it's just very interesting. And that's it for Sue's News and today's Random Fact. I, I think that's fascinating. It is. That is really Same year. All right. Thank you, Sue. We're mm-hmm. wrapping up Sue's News here for 2023, ladies and gentlemen. We'll do it again tomorrow afternoon. Fred's going to share the EV story, too, because I thought that was interesting. <laughs> he got into that wild. off the air. Yeah, I know, right? He got into it off the air, and I said, you got to tell that one tomorrow. We're uh, going to take a break here. We're coming back with much more. we got Kusumano later this hour. Also, Shea Bradley-Farrell, who's with the Counterpoint Institute for Policy Research and Education, wrote a book called Warning to the West, Hungary's Triumph Over Communism and the Woke Agenda. She's coming up next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Kusamano coming up a little bit here to um, talk a little sports before we get into the 5 o'clock hour. Scott Jennings after 5 at 5.07, CNN political contributor, good friend of this show and good personal friend as well and a of course, a huge Cardinals fan, but um, Scott is going to be with us to talk about the Iowa caucuses and some of the things that have happened in politics. He'll weigh in on some moves for the Cardinals, as he always does, and we'll have a great time in the 5 o'clock hour. Also, Jeffrey Anderson, who's the president of the American Mainstream Initiative at 525, and I have an audio cut of the day. I'm wrapping things up for uh, kind of for the year. I'm going to be here next week after Christmas. We'll do some best of shows, but the uh, show will not be whole after Wednesday of this week, Thursday, Friday. I'll be off tomorrow. Brian Kilmeade for his weekly visit and Vivek Malik, who's the treasurer of the state, is going to visit with us in person in the five o'clock hour. Uh, Shea Bradley Farrell is with us. She is the president of the Counterpoint Institute for Policy Research and Education, a uh, big foreign policy and national security expert, worked in the Trump administration with Mike Pompeo in particular, wrote a book called Warning to the West, Hungary's Triumph Over Communism and the Woke Agenda. Shea, how are you? Welcome to 97.1 FM Talk in St. Louis. Hey, Mark. It's a lot of fun to be with you. Thank you for having me on. I know that you have thoughts, and I want to focus a little bit here on all the funding for Ukraine and, you know, why some of us have an issue with, um, you know, unlimited checks for that particular war. But let's talk about the book Warning to the West, first and foremost, and what Hungary can teach the West when it comes to the woke agenda. Well, here's the thing, Mark. When I started doing research for this book, I was not just collecting statistical data and historical data, but I actually went to talk to Hungarians. And what I found out is that they think the rhetoric coming out of the United States is like their Soviet era. They were occupied by the Soviet Union from 1945 until 1991. And, you know, I was very startled to hear that. And when you walk that back to the Bolshevik Revolution, to the Marxism coming out of the early 1900s, you will see very distinct parallels between what's going on in the progressive agenda today and Marxism. Let me just give you a a few examples of of many. Um, Legalized abortion promoted as health care, divisiveness between uh, parents and their children, religion and people, you know, coming from from state government, really. Um, The diminishment of parental rights, uh, even the use of uh, lawfare against your political opponents. I, you know, it's my opinion that the Trump indictments are very much like the Soviet show trials that you saw during the Soviet occupation. And what I found out about those, you know, I actually asked the historian, why would the Soviet Union have to put political opposition on these show trials? Because certainly they could just put them in the dungeons that I, I, I saw while I was in Hungary, put them in the dungeons and lock them up. And the answer I kept getting was because then the public thinks they're guilty. Anyway, these are just a few of the things that are, are similar to the Marxism of the early 1900s. And like I said, Hungarians who used to look at America during Reagan as a beacon of hope and what they wanted to be once they got out from under Soviet occupation, America now is, is worrying them. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, and I don't even know what I'm about to say makes sense. We're going to test it out with you, Dr. Shea, because, you know, I'm a talk show host who has, in, in very stark terms, certainly in the aftermath of what happened here, I call it ground zero quite a bit in Ferguson with Mike Brown, talked about BLM and the, the Marxist ties. I've always felt like when you talk about, especially with Black Lives Matter, just because some people think it's just a neat thing to put on their front, you know, porch or their their lawn with a sign and, you know, a bumper sticker, et cetera, et cetera. And they don't realize the, the, the real foundation of BLM and how Marxist ideology plays into that. And I've always felt like, you know, when a talk show host or somebody in the news or a pundit refers to that, half the audience is probably rolling their eyes saying, oh, here we go, this communist talk. But in a weird way, I think what's happened in the last couple of months in particular, and in, in certainly in the last six weeks on college campuses, has maybe, I'm trying to come up with a positive here, Dr. Sh- maybe helped us explain some of the things that many of us were talking about in the last five to seven years and put it into a little bit more clearer terms. Did any of what I just said make sense? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Because, you know, BLM was very open that their roots were in Marxism. And what BLM has tried to do is divide uh, people along the lines of race, race. And that's what Marxism does. It divides people along the lines of race, of class. You know, in the early 1900s, it was definitely along the lines of class. Now we see it along the lines of race and gender. So the whole point, though, Mark, and I think you, you hit it, hit the nail on the head, is that the more you divide people, you divide children from their families, you divide people from each other, you divide people from their faith, um, you gain the the state gains more control and power and in communism that's the whole goal is to gain more and more power and we're seeing that in the united states today and i'll let me just leave you with this for a second i put in my book last warning to the west the uh, 11 points of the communist psychological warfare that mark were written in 1959 by uh, by um a national security expert but published by the our department of defense to warn americans and teach uh, americans how to fight against communist psychological warfare But if you read those points, every one of them is applying to America today, and one is what you just referred to. You know, let me let me put this into terms relating to younger people, too. This was something I saw today, that the majority of young Americans, now we're talking about kids between the ages of 18 and 24, so let's just say this. The majority of dumb kids in that age group think that Israel should be ended and given to Hamas. That's how crazy some of this has gotten, that more than half of the young people between those age groups— think that Hamas is just fine and dandy. They're not a terrorist organization. Israel's in the wrong here. That, just hearing that should be terrifying to people. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been a professor several times at, at different universities. And what I think is that these children coming out of the universities don't know what they're talking about. They have been under the influence of propaganda. (laughs) Propaganda is one of the points of the communist psychological warfare that I I put in the book. And that's what they're taking their cues for. So we have to be careful to teach our kids, you know, what it means for Israel to be a sovereign nation going back to 1948. What happened during that time period? What is the difference between a sovereign nation and a terrorist organization? 
Um, but I, I think you're exactly right about that. Dr. Uh, Shea Bradley Farrell is here. She's the president of the Counterpoint Institute for Policy Research and Education. This doesn't necessarily go to the issue of the book. Obviously, there's some crossover themes with Russian influence and uh, communism. But your thoughts, because this is, you know, growing point of consternation amongst Republicans. And I would certainly put myself in the camp. I'm not someone who considers themselves an isolationist. But I do think that you have to look for bang for the buck when it comes to all the investments in Ukraine. And I, I understand, you know, the concept of spending money now so you don't have to prevent things later. But some of this stuff is just completely out of control and the checks getting written without proper, you know, accommodation, if you will, Dr. Shea. Yeah, you're exactly right, Mark. The problem is that the Warhawks in D.C. are and the White House are asking for unlimited funding with no clear objective in sight. And, Mark, this is the largest assistance package that the U.S. has given in Europe since the end of World War II with the Marshall Plan. So it's not insignificant. And what really got me over the past week and a half is, you know, our own Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, said that if Congress does not pass another $60 billion, that our sons and daughters will most likely have to go fight in Europe And Zelensky also laid the burden and the responsibility of this war at our feet, you know, saying that the debate in Congress, which is about whether or not we should secure our own border, was pleasing Putin. You know, it it really kind of inflamed me, Mark. It's uh, it, it is a question of how much funding we couldn't get five billion dollars to secure our own border under the Trump administration. And we're headed now towards, you know, close to two hundred billion dollars for this country. And my other concern, Mark, is and, and let me explain. I've been in the Ukrainian refugee center in Hungary. I've seen some of these more than six million uh, refugees fleeing Ukraine. I have a real heart for their plight and I believe in their sovereignty. But the situation that we're in right now without accountability and the fact that their government, Zelensky, is corrupt. He has the second most corrupt government, uh, excuse me, country in Europe. He fired. Now, Mark, you'll find this very down in like the 10th paragraph in an in article somewhere. But he recently fired all his top defense officials for corruption, some of which was skimming money off the top of funds for his own troops. So it's rife with corruption. And we still have no accountability for our money while Americans are paying seven to ten thousand more dollars a year just to maintain the same living yeah. standards they had. No, I don't like it. And I, I think there's this there's also a miscalculation on the part, certainly of the administration, maybe even Republicans thinking that um, you know, everyone is on the same page on this, even within the party, because obviously this is divided. People on both sides, I think, have different opinions. I don't think this is a Republican or a Democrat issue because it's so complicated. Uh, Dr. Shea, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I don't know how much more money we're going to spend without getting some more accountability, but thank you for shining light on it. I really appreciate it. You have a great Christmas. Thanks so much, Mark. And check out the endorsements on my book. They're very high level. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. The Blues have won two games since firing Craig Berube. The Chiefs uh, managed to win a game yesterday. Uh, Frank Cusimano from KSTK with us this afternoon. Talk a little sports. How are you, Frank? 
Good to be with you, Mark. Doing well. Thank you. Well, let's touch on the Blues first and foremost. I mean, you obviously can't have major takeaways after just a couple of different games, but obviously you had a situation where uh, one of the stars was booed last week based on comments that he made about his former coach, and then he got a little love last night, didn't he? He did. Saturday. And, um, Saturday. He, he was the best player on the ice, and I think it's one of the most fascinating stories that's going to unfold here in the next couple of months. The question is, could maybe the most unpopular move in St. Louis sports in the last decade turn out to actually be the right move in firing Craig Berube? Much too early to say, as you mentioned, but they've won two in a row, and Jordan Cairo, the central figure in this drama, was really good the other night. He was okay the night before, too. So if you go on this win streak and you finish like seventh or eighth and you make the postseason from a team that had lost four in a row and two of those losses were against last-place teams, the Doug Armstrong's horrendously um, received move is the right move. Yeah, and I think we talked about it a little bit on front. I mean, I think you could be somebody that thinks that you feel badly for Craig Berube. He he didn't really deserve to be the one that takes all this on his shoulders. But you can also right. see that Doug Armstrong's in a situation, Frank, where he's got to right, you know, make the right decisions moving forward, and he had to do what he had to do. And how many times do we see this happen in sports? Coach is fired. Team goes on a roll. Team wasn't responding to that present coach. They bring in a new one, and they and they take off, as we're seeing right now in Minnesota. And in Edmonton. So it happens. And with the case of Ken Hitchcock. How can you fire Ken Hitchcock? He's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Well, they did. And Craig Berube took a team to the Stanley Cup. Uh, let's talk a little NFL football because the season continues to be, I think, relatively unique in the sense that I don't know that there's anybody that dominates. Just when you think that the Cowboys are going to roll over everyone, there's problems on their defense, and they don't do well yesterday. I mean, I think the Eagles are in action tonight. The Chiefs didn't um, didn't lose. They didn't look spectacular. They still have injuries. But I think this playoff situation in the next few weeks is, I don't know, about wide open. There's a couple of teams that certainly stand out, Baltimore and Miami. And on the NFC side, certainly the Eagles and the Cowboys. But there's a lot of teams that are kind of hitting it at the right time, even maybe the Rams. I know that's painful around here, Frank, but the Rams are playing pretty good football right now. They are. It's a tremendous coaching job once again in L.A. But I will say this. There are great teams, and then they're San Francisco. They are on an island. They are 10-3. and The only time they lost games this season was because their left tackle, Trent Williams, and their outstanding wide receiver, Devo Samuel, didn't play. They are annihilating people. Um, everybody thinks Brock Purdy should be the MVP. I think it should be Christian McCaffrey, and their most valuable player may be their left tackle. So, but I agree with your assessment in the AFC. Even though Miami um, is ten and four, and Baltimore is eleven and three, neither of those two teams scare me. They haven't made you know significant playoff runs. At Kansas City, it's still you know they're the Super Bowl champions. Uh, and you just don't know what Jacksonville. So the AFC is wide open, but I think San Francisco is on an island in the NFC. And I'm not that down on the Chiefs from the standpoint that, you know, I don't think it's all come together. They've had some challenges. they got injuries. So uh, you get to the, and I don't know if they're going to have a bye. That's looking unlikely. But you get to the first couple of weeks of January, and I don't think you can't, you know, you can't count Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes out of anything at that point. Absolutely. And maybe in Rice, they're finding the young wide receiver that they desperately need. He caught nine balls, I think, for like 90 yards yesterday. They need a wide receiver to step up, and Rasheed Rice may be the guy. Hey, Frank, I did not see any of the Seton Hall-Mizzou game yesterday. I'm off on Friday, so we will not talk until after Christmas. Can you give me a little hope for the uh, Bragg and Rice game on Friday night? Well, here's your hope, is that no matter how poorly Mizzou plays going into the Bragg and Rice game, 
they're quite capable of winning the Bragg and Rights game. But yesterday was another example of Mizzou's poorest defense. Seton Hall is not a great team. That was their first victory away from their home court all season long. And they lay a 93 ball on Mizzou. They just gave up too many good shots. Uh, Seton Hall shot like 59% from the field, 43 from three. Mizzou is going to have to defend because this Illinois team is loaded with fourth and fifth-year seniors that really shoot the heck out of the ball. So this is going to be a tough, tough game for Mizzou next Friday night. They're just always magical games from the standpoint that the the team that seemingly is better doesn't automatically, you know, blow the other team away, and they're relatively competitive. And then you have, and Sue, I don't know if you've ever been to one of these games. Have you ever been to a Bragg and Rights game? I haven't. So they do the epic, and I, I can't remember which timeout or what half it's done in yeah. Frank, but they have this um, amazing thing that happens off the cameras pretty much, I think, from television, where during the timeouts, the <laughs> Illinois cheerleaders and the Mizzou cheerleaders line up, and the guys hold the, the girls up on their, you know, on the top of their heads, if you will. Oh, wow. And it's the game of survivors. So the last cheerleader standing, I can't remember. They even have a name for it, Frank, but it's pretty awesome. And I've been there in years where Mizzou's lost, like, all of a sudden three cheerleaders drop. And there's, like, four Illinois cheerleaders still standing to one of Mizzou's. But the Mizzou kid is holding his hands shaking and the girl's up there. And all of a sudden they win it. So that sometimes is the most exciting part of the game, Frank. Oh, it is awesome. (laughs) And it's usually, you know, just bet on the thickest guy. Whoever the biggest, heaviest guy is. He usually wins. It's, it's awesome to see. I agree with you 100%. Well, the fans get into it for sure. Uh, Frank, since I will not be here on Friday, have a great Christmas. and We'll talk um, hopefully that night of the Cotton Bowl on Friday night. Sounds great. All right. Thank you so much. Take Merry care. Christmas. Yeah, I'm off uh, a little bit this week. Sue's going to be here, I think, later in the week. But we're splitting up the show for the holidays, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't like it. I know. I don't like it either. Bah humbug. 455. <laughs> Jennings coming up after the top of the hour. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 